In the holy name of Jesus, amen. amen. Well, there's nothing worse for a pastor to, than to have a great sermon on a great feast day like Easter and a group of people who simply shrug their shoulders to it and say, whatever, pastor. Now, I know that never happens, but if it did, it would be the worst day for a pastor. Well, the type of thing, though, doesn't simply happen to pastors. I think that you all have someone in your life who always responds to great news with a, hmm, and no matter how hard you say, this is really great stuff. They always return with a, whatever. Well, to put it simply, this is exactly what happened on the first Easter morn. That first Easter message was a bust. The women raced to tell the eleven the great news of Easter, and all they got in response was a yeah, right, or this is nonsense. Why the response, though? Well, you could say it was because they were women, and at that time, women were looked down upon. But the fact is, if you read the entire Gospel of Luke, women are just too important be put down. I think this is just a modern straw man that's too easy to hide behind. Or you could probably say lack of information. They just didn't know. But the fact is Jesus said three times to the disciples that he would die and rise again. Just another straw man to hide upon. Rather, I think it was because the disciples lacked the imagination. The imagination to believe in a world where the resurrection is actually true. Today we see what happens when boredom defines faith rather than the resurrected Christ. You see, if it, we weren't able to hide behind chauvinism or miseducation, then we're left facing how the resurrection changes everything for us this morning, right now. In times past, you've probably heard about how the resurrection changes life after death, and the fact that if we believe, we'll go to heaven. And that's true. But if you read today's gospel reading, a resurrection reading, there is no waiting until death for things to change for you. Life Today, this morning, now, wasn't the same anymore for those women who saw the empty tomb. If the resurrection affects life now, then it's going to take a new imagination to think of all the new ways to love the world, to love your neighbor and God in every aspect of your life. For the eleven who lost a close friend in Jesus, grief can sometimes suppress imagination. It represses reality, so one can only imagine a world that isn't any bigger than oneself. But it actually doesn't take a tragedy to limit one's worldview, because there is plenty of people who haven't lost a single thing that can't break free from themselves. 
See, when we are turned in on ourselves, so we cannot imagine a world that is more than just us, we simply lose out on what life can be according to the resurrection. Now, I'm not going to take hands, but has anyone ever signed up for a promotional giveaway? Perhaps it's at Home Depot for a new lawnmower, car dealership for a new car, or Jelly of the Month Club. I don't care what it is. It doesn't really matter. But let's say you actually won it. What would be your first thought? Would your first thought be how life could be enriched by this gift or enlivened by this? Or would your first thought be, I wonder how much I have to claim on my IRS form? (laughs) See, rather than imagining all the ways your life will be gifted, you just can't get past yourself. Well, the same question is for you today. Whether you're a Christian or you're not, or a lifelong Lutheran, or a brand new Lutheran, the question is, is the resurrection true? The phrase we say at the vigil is, Christ is arisen. Not was arisen, or was raised from the dead. Present tense. So today, this morning, Jesus Christ is arisen. There. The word's out now. Now, being set free from the old reality, where death is the end, and that end affects how we live now, only to think of ourselves. This morning, we're given a faith, a message, a word that is enlivened, that is formed by the resurrected Christ to imagine a new world where we keep finding new ways to love those who are unloved, or welcome those who are lonely, or finding new ways to make wrongs right. You see, the resurrection sets you free to rejoice in life, rather than simply to see it as a bother. What happened over the last three days is that the world, including your world, is set free from death, set free from the agent of death, and set free from the hell of the present. We are now free to occupy the new world, that new creation that Christ is establishing, that will be beyond anyone's imagination. Now as then, only those who dare to put the Easter faith into practice, who dare to call upon the name of the living Christ, to overcome the powers of death in their own lives and the lives of others can truly confess that Christ is arisen. But then, as people with an imagination that actually believes the message to be true, to be real, let us make our way from the empty tomb along with the women to tell those who are waiting Sure, you might be labeled as naive. You might be labeled as foolish. Sure, you might have those who actually need to hear the message say to you that it's an idle tale. But as Christ's imagination becomes our imagination, we will begin to joyfully live in the resurrection 
And as we live in the resurrection, his love will slowly open up their worlds to the kingdom of God so that they just might get up and go and see if the tomb is empty and perhaps then begin to believe, just like St. Peter. Now, over the next couple of weeks, we will see the beginnings of what imagination formed by the resurrected Christ can actually do to life. We'll hear how love can see without using our eyes, how love embraces those who don't believe, how love gives even to those who doubt, and how love makes wrongs right. So this morning, this isn't an idle tale. It's the gospel, and it is the power of Easter. In the holy name of Jesus, amen.